welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly brought to you by Amazing Stories Comics and Dragon's Den's Games of Saskatoon. Hey there, I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk about tiny towns. And And I will be talking about Deep Blue. (laughs) This episode is proudly brought to you by Amazing Stories in Saskatoon. If you're in the Saskatoon area, come by the store for Friday night games and play and receive 20% off your purchase of any board games in the store. Amazing Stories is winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Retailer in Canada and nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Welcome back to Cardboard Conjecture. Ryan, it has been a little bit of a hiatus since oh, the last time that we hit the microphone. It's 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 been a it's been a while, but uh, like, like we were just we were just talking to the we're fired up. We got we're 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 bringing this back, and you you even had some energy in that oh. in that little in that little opening segment. It's like it was like a WWE announcer. It had to thing going on. I had to wake myself up for a second there, and <laughs> again. Um, uh, it, the whole shtick about me apologizing all the time. I'm sorry for that. But um, uh, I was thinking to myself, there's two ways to look at this. Um, Sorry that it's taken so long for us to get this next episode out or sorry that we got another episode out. (laughs) Well, I I think, I think we've got, I think we've got the schedule down, Pat. I I think we've averted most crises Oh, I'm. I, I don't. I, I don't even know what the plural crisis but is, but, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think we've got this. I think we've got this figured out again. Well, the uh, all the parents that have kids that have schedules will will empathize because this year's um, my daughter's dance rehearse or dance practice schedule completely different than last. Pardon me, last year. So, yeah, I had to find right. that groove. Right, right, and then plus the them the, the the Google Hangout thing. Like WTF Google. That was like one of the greatest (laughs) things ever. Yeah. Come on. And then now I don't even want to know. And so like playing around with like some of the different programs, like we actually even tried a couple times, a few times. Oh yeah. And we just couldn't, we we just couldn't get it. We just couldn't get it to go. Well, hopefully this, uh, uh, this, this new app, hopefully this works. Yeah. Hopefully we're using, what are we using? Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. We're using Zoom because the the other alternative would be um, we we have to go back to face to face contact. That's a scheduling nightmare. I know, especially I, like you said, the little the little children. It's all about the children. Yeah, you or not, you you or I would have to burn up some husband points in order to be uh, be doing the studio stuff. And plus, Disney Plus came out. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we, I mean, let's talk about it. I watched the first episode of the Mandalorian. Oh, it, and 
Okay, we, we, we have to talk about that off the air because we, we'll, we'll spoil things for people who probably haven't. Well, I, I've, there, I've watched the first there's two. There's two people the- who are listening to this, man. We're not going to spoil much for anybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I watched. So I've watched the first two episodes. I haven't and, got to the second one yet. Uh, I, I, I think I'm liking where it's going. Well, we could talk about a whole bunch of stuff without spoiling anything. Um, what I'm totally digging, and, I, and, it, and first of all, it didn't surprise me much because um, John Favreau's name's completely connected, and, and I think he's, he's like on point with this project. But the, uh, the production content and value, I mean, it's Disney, right? So I could just see Disney going, yeah, we have studios. Make whatever you want. Like, have fun, chef. Oh, man. And, they, and, and they're, they're delivering. And I, and I, I, love, I love the, uh, the, the, the feel of, of the progress yeah. so far. Everything like like we like we said like the, that old that old uh, John John Wayne, uh, oh yeah, it Clint, has, Clint, Clint Eastwood, man with no name, spaghetti I, I thinking, western. Yeah, I was thinking Yojimbo, like going right back to the yeah. samurai movies. That's that's like, yeah, oh yeah, it just, yeah, and it's so good. And then that 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 twist at the very end of the first episode. Mm. Yeah, well, oh. it, and and I mean it, it's interesting because. Uh, um, it just follows that, that, uh, and again, I don't want to say anything, but it follows, it follows those undercurrent, um, themes that are present in a lot of the movies, a lot of the like rebels, uh, this, the star Wars rebels, the, uh, I think even clone wars, there's all that concept of that, uh, generational impact. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. Well, no, that, 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 that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, you, you'll, you'll really dig then what they do in episode two oh, or cool. the second episode. I am um, really, you'll really dig that. I'm a big, I'm a big spaceship fan. Um, my favorite uh, on point is like the millennium Falcon, but I do have to say that this, this new ship, it's, it's got this kind of, uh, it's got this kind of, I don't know what this used car slash, you know, half ton truck kind of, bounty hunter well, it, vehicle for, that for, gets him for, from point a to point b yeah for him it, it, it's it's the classic it's the it's the old it's the old betty it's the uh <laughs> it, it's the uh it's oh, the f-150 it's, it's 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 the herbie it's the herbie bucket <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm uh and i really like how they they maintained that uh that that visual feel of the star wars being kind of a used um, a used empire, like a used, like how Star Trek always looked clean and fresh and everything was, was freshly painted where Star Wars had this like used lot feel to it. Everything was scrap this and scrap that and salvage this and welded together and slapped together. And, and that, uh, oh, yeah. that still continues with this. Yeah. With this. And, and, pl- and plus the, the, the fact of um, trying to pinpoint exactly in the, the, the timeline of where this is taking place. Oh yeah, like they, they, they're, they're, there's references that the empire is no that is, is no longer. So is this this is probably around that after Episode Six, after Return of the Jedi, kind of kind of feeling to it. Yeah, the Battle of Endor destruction kind of thing. Now yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to see um, what what kind of uh, influence they have on the old um, stories, like from the from the paperback yeah. prints and and other. Uh, other media if there's any influence following any of those storylines but uh 
I mean, first episode, cool. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's fizzled, but I think for me, bottom line, like I said, the first time was, was John Favreau's name hooked into it because the guy's, he's a fanboy, like first and foremost. And then he's not going to, he's going to, he's going to do us some service, right? Oh yeah. 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 So, so cool. Now we so, this is, so, this is our, so this is our podcast about the Mandalorian. <laughs> this is our podcast about board games. Um, uh, so we'll, okay, let's get into it. What's the, what's, the, uh, what's the last? Well, I know what the last board game is you played. So why don't you talk about the new, like, fantastic deck builder that you've been, that you've been putting some hours into? Like, like, are you talking about Marvel, Marvel champions? Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. That game, that, that, that game's going to get a, a full blown review in the near future. So I'll gush about it now because it's been out for a little bit now. And I, I don't know. I just have so much fun. It's probably one of the cleanest um, LCGs that a person can get into. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the, the system is really, really quite um, simple. Um, and speaking at, in the context that you have Arkham Horror as well, right? So so yeah. a lot of people may not know that I'm, I'm a huge Arkham Horror, the card game fan. Um, this is kind of like a little bit more refreshing because the story isn't the pinnacle piece of yeah. Marvel Champions, or at least not yet. I think they've teased like there might be some campaign um, big box expansions coming out for it um, come soon. Um, so the story is kind of the back seat, and I'm okay with that because it, it's a it's a comic book. It's based on comic books, and what do what do comic books do? You fill in the pieces. Yeah, you fill in you fill in the action sequences in your mind and in the gameplay. And so with this one, yeah, it does the same thing. Um, I've heard it's based the gameplay mechanisms are based mostly on the uh, the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. style. Which I have, of, yeah. Of of like there's okay, so you got your big you got your big bad. It, well in Marvel Champions, you got your big bad. So then the core box that comes with Rhino, uh, the Claw, and Ultron are the big bads that you can play against. They all have their own deck of cards, and there's some side schemes. And if they follow the same model the- as they followed with uh with uh um your uh, Arkham and my Lord of the Rings, that there's gonna be supplo- you know, little side packs coming out. Has, have you yeah, have you followed the news? Is there stuff coming out pretty quick, or so? So there should be some stuff coming out fairly soon. They they have announced uh, two more hero packs. Um, they're going to be bringing out um Captain America and Miss Marvel as hero packs. Cool. And then they have a new um um scenario. They call it a scenario uh, or vin- villain pack coming out, which is the Green Goblin, mm-hmm. which is going to be kind of really quite neat. He's always been a fascinating character in the in the Spider Man. <laughs> um multiverse and then they also re- and then they've also re- announced a, another set of scenario i think i think similar like scenario type pack with the there, there's there's some some good old lore with a group called the wrecking crew oh yeah which is yeah. Actually, which, which is going to be actually really quite cool yeah no overall it's been it's been a really good experience um i've i've gotten many hours of gameplay um out of it i do must say though I would never play this game. We played it once at four player and never again. I would play it at four player. <laughs> so <laughs> it is, took way too, took way too long. You, uh, so you've primarily done solo on this, right? Primarily solo and a bunch of two player, two player mm-hmm. games, but, uh, and plus the, 
the, the really hook, hook, line, and sinker, most of those living card games, if you right off the get-go, you'll have to buy multiple core boxes Yeah, yeah. in order to get a place out of everything. Nope. This one, one core box gets you everything that you need. Cool. Right out, and, right out uh, of the gate. And um, it's, okay, so you're a comic book head from way back. Is this paying a proper homage to it or is it like is it respecting the uh i'm the i'm IP? really dig, i'm really digging the artwork because it's got a, it's got mixes it's got some old sceneries yeah that that we've grew up with but with kind of like a little modern modern twist to uh to to the graphic design it's it's really it's really cool and a lot of the and the cards are so thematic like uh like like spider-man and one of the cards he can play is a is, is a is a backflip. So if the the villain's trying to deal damage to you, nope, play the backflip, avoid the damage. So he's kind of like this little nimble little spider. Whoop, nope, didn't get me. Nice, nice. And a lot lots of things. Captain Marvel straight up just like punches things for like big damage. <laughs> like she's being portrayed right now. Cool. No, it's good. It's good. It's gonna get its own review. Spoilers. It's good. well i have to say that um um the most recent has been for me clank in space sorry clank in In space space! um with the with the expansions i'm loving the expansion where you use the black cubes that come out of the uh, out of the bag you use them in different little scenarios uh we've tried i've tried the easy I've tried like the level one. I've tried some level twos. Um, I think I tried level three once and then probably 10 minutes into it got completely beat up by the game uh, in a solo mode. Um, (laughs) That's what you want in a good solo mode. Oh, absolutely. But uh, most recently we played Clank in Space 4 player and oh man, this this game always brings such joy. I mean, it, it's that standard deck builder mechanism that, that I don't want to go out on a limb here, that like Dominion pretty much, you know, introduced and dominated to the scene. I don't know if they created the deck builder mechanism, like were the first ones, but they yeah, sure. But they're, but they're by far probably the most uh, prominent. Connected to, when, yeah. when you When you say, hey, this is a deck builder like Dominion. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to, I'm going to maybe make some enemies, but um I've never played Dominion because it's never interested me because it, it had that just kind of like one note thing to it, right? Just do this, do that, do this, do that. Pick up your cards, play your cards, right? Um, until I played Clank and put theme to it. And boy, oh boy, the space, you've got the dungeon crawler one and I've got the space one. And uh, yeah, I mean, just with the expansions, all the different modules, the game board changes. So I don't think I've played the same board yet. And um, cool. and I've got the brand new expansion, Cyber Station, that's come out. And that introduces a whole new board, which oh, is so cool. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, new board, new yeah, cards. I've, it, see, I've only played the space version. I've only just played the base space version, maybe maybe a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I own the I own the the original Clank, and I have all the stuff for the original Clank and all the all the map boards and everything like that. But I think uh, yeah, I, I love I love me some Clank. I think what I'm liking the most about it is that there's no scripting to it. It's basically 
um, you, well, at least the way I'm playing it, uh, that uh, it comes down to how are the others going to behave while they're playing the game? Are they going to be a dine and dash or are they going to try and like spend some time and, and, and get, get a deck going or are they going to run lean and mean? Or so a lot of, a lot of the times um, uh, it's that whole, what, what, what's the role to play in this version of the, this ensemble of players kind of thing. And there's always, always, always a dine and dasher in the group. <laughs> Usually, yeah. So usually, I, I think uh, I think the difference that I well, the what I like about the uh, clank in space is that putting on those two cubes before you can get into, pardon me, the um, the command uh, the command center to pick up your that that big huge uh, the big huge uh, uh, prize or or whatever you want to call it. Mm. But yeah, I mean, clank was the artifact. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to get Cyber Station to the board. It looks cool. And, and again, um, right for me, at, right at the right time, because I'm not getting bored of this version of it. But I mean, if I played it a couple more times, I might kind of, okay, I've seen this already, right? So the new, the new uh, Cyber Station is coming right at, the, right at the right time. Do you know what you're not going to get bored at? Um, are you getting, are you, is it what, what you, go ahead. I think I know what it is. What am I the, not going to get bored at? You're not going to get bored of when we do Clank Legacy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so. It's going to be so good. It just it came, it came in the mail, and uh, we're fired up. We're going to start it up this week. You gave me the minis. I started painting them already. Yeah, you, you're you're going to paint up the minis for us. Going to make it look super super badass. Oh, yeah. Is, I'm, you I'm, know I'm, what? I'm fired up for this one. It's been getting such mad reviews. That I, it's. Yeah, I don't even know what to get, what what I'm in for, but I already know that I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, and and like for for all of us, like we're gonna be playing with um um Dave and um and 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 Jeff, and they're 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 clank they're clank guys too. They oh, they yeah. they're fairly familiar with the system, and like all good legacy games, it's that first game is going to be feel like clank, and then it's gonna start. Then it's gonna just start throwing stuff shit at us. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I've heard nothing but great things about the reviews. Other than this, is like one of probably one of the better legacy experiences people have had. Oh from yeah, what, from what I've told, and um, yeah, uh, we're, we're I'm fired up. You're, you, yeah. you guys are gonna hear you guys like you guy, you guyses, you guyses, you guyses are gonna dig this. Dig this. You're gonna get some regular updates from us. Um, it's gonna be good. It's yeah. gonna be good. I'm anticipating a fun campaign. Hey, um, should we uh, should we throw down a couple minutes talking about innovation? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, we've been playing some base innovation for a little while. Yeah, um, you introduced this one to me. We got our first plays in of it uh, at um, at Falcon mm -hmm. in, in in Calgary. Uh, quite quite a, quite a few weeks back now. <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. Yeah, very nice. Um, um, Carl Shuddock. Shuddock. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Design. Glory. Mr. Glory, Mr. Glory himself. Jerome. Uh, Matai and I. Innovation is kind of his, another iteration in his uh, small box card games that pack a wallop of a the punch. Multifunctional. Holy crap. That Those cards are like a Swiss Army knife of choices. Like... 
like and 150 you, 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 some different ones. It, oh. I know, and it's just, so it's it's mind blowing it and how it's 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 a simple mechanism. Yeah. Of of just picking, you got two actions to do on your turn, but man, the this because of the multi use and how important all these functions on the card can be is just mind yeah, melding picking up the dog well the dogma stuff right the dogma and then yeah that's where things can start cascading on you oh and you take this and it triggers most, that which yeah. then triggers that one and well and every card is overpowered or every combo is overpowered until you you know get the the next until step you find in. that one that ex- that you can exploit yeah. to your benefit at that time um, for what was it in our game, uh, that one game, the Pirates. Mm. I was able to use that Pirates ability um, at least two or three rounds. I had to, I had and to. And you're just like. Advance yeah, you're just like, to you're, get out. You're like, I, I can't, you're like, I can't do anything. And I'm like, I can do it. I'm going to keep doing it <laughs> until yeah. I can't anymore. Yeah, I had to find, I had to find, I had to go digging for some cards to be able to get myself out of that combo. Yeah. Which, which is funny because at that time, Early in the game, you were, you had some sort of engine going that I couldn't get out of. I'm like, wow, this is you. You're just gonna run away. You're gonna steamroll me here. But when and then we I start, got the pirates combo. Yeah, what we started noticing is that every era will have its its little combo, you know, mix that you can profit from it. Um, what a what a tactical game though, right? Oh yeah, it's very much. Um, yeah, there there is strategy of like, what cards do I keep in hand? What am I? But uh, yeah, very tactile. You got to be paying attention to what your opponent. Like we've only ever played this two player. I've never played it more than two player. And I've never heard anybody say anything good about going over two player. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, you, it would be definitely a thing where you have to pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Yeah. The um, boy, boy, do you have to? Because pick- constantly, I had to ask you. Okay, what what did you play? What does that say again? Mm. What does that say? Yeah. I think wait, wait, just- wait a minute. You mean if I do this, you actually get something? <laughs> like what? That doesn't make any sense. I can't do that. Yeah, a lot of the times was, are are you kidding me? The card <laughs> says what? Really? Oh man! I'm oh, this trouble. game's broken. Yeah, and then of course it's like okay, to, to I'm the point. Play this card. What does that card say? Yeah, really? It's it says that. Okay, well now you're gonna kick my butt for a while. Yeah, yeah. That you you put it well. Every every combo that you could possibly maybe think of is so powerful. That this game is balanced. It's everything balanced is so because powerful. it's so imbalanced. <laughs> everything is so imbalanced and powerful that it's just that it's balanced and oh, it, it, it's a lot of fun. We've never even touched any of the expansions. Oh, we only we only just been playing with the base game. There's so much to explore with that basing because there's so many cards that you may not even see. Yeah, you because you're to... using because you're using cards to tuck and score. Yeah. So therefore, you you you'll never you'll never see them. And the achievement. Oh yeah, it's oh, it's my it's it's one of those games where, um, you, yeah, the expansions are there because once you once you find a lot of the synergies, you're gonna want to add a little bit more um, uh, spice to the meal, I guess. I think that's exactly what it would it would have to be that you've seen those combos. You can kind of you've been digging for to see certain cards for for a while. Yeah, you'd probably want to freshen things up a little bit every now and then. I uh, I want to mention one more little game before we get going. And uh, do you want to talk about Shobu? Oh, that one that one still <laughs> makes my brain hurt. 
the how do for I explain such a to simple this? for such a simple little it's so simple yeah but my god can I not my, my I'm, I'm okay so I'm an abstract gamer I love abstract two-player abstract games they're, they're my jam I love it this one I cannot wrap my head around <laughs> I can't believe how the the game I mean this there's like any good abstract game it's simplicity and it's and it's mechanisms but depth in its creativity in that. Um, how do I refer to it with the students? It's chess meets sumo wrestling. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. The, the, Trying the, to, yeah, I, I like, I like the, 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 the sumo wrestling um, analogy is, is, per, is perfect for this one. That, 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 the, push, the push and pull. Put, you try to push people off the board, push them out of the ring, right? And uh, that passive move, uh, which is to me just a program move for your aggressive move, which is a second. And as, as straightforward as like each rock can move uh, one or two um, uh, spots in any direction, you know, considering the certain rules of can't move off the board and it can't, you know, uh, move on to, into another occupied space. But that, uh, that simple idea of your passive move has to be on your side of the rope and on either color, but then your aggressive move has to be on the opposite color and it can be on the opposite side of the rope. So just, I mean, just that, that passive move, the programming all the time when we started learning, it was like you, you, you and I would go to grab a No, passive has got to be on your side. Oh, damn, that's right. And you'd sit back and spend another two more minutes analyzing the board. It's like, okay, can I do this? That no. One, yeah. Yeah. That one always got me when I was just like, I wanted to put, you're like, you can't touch that one. Oh, that's right. Oh, crud. Passive. Have to be on my side of the rope. My side of the rope. I always just kept going to my mind. Okay, I, I, I move something on one color, which means that I can move it on the opposite color. Keep forgetting that my first move has to be on my side of the rope. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's so easy. Why can't I never rock, rock my head, wrap my head around that? I, I don't know. And then the idea of, of the four different boards being four different little mini games of, of like that, like I said, that sumo wrestling and you're having four rocks against four rocks. I just, it's so, yeah, and you it's win, so straight and you win when one, you win when one of the boards, you rid your opponent's yeah. pieces off of one of those four boards. Yeah. And, and the, the simplicity in it is just so, um, kind of like a calm moment in a, in a, in a chaotic storm for me. Cause I'll just sit at it and then, and I'll just, all of a sudden I'll look at it and go, well, there's the move I want to do. And then I'll reverse engineer it and do it. And uh, a lot of the times uh, I, I just start seeing things a couple, two, three, four moves ahead of time. Yeah. It's one of yeah, those which, games, which is, which is where I usually am. Like when I play Onitama, I oh. can see that. I can see that. I can see my moves. Um, like three, four moves ahead of time, and and and, and that one. But this one, I, I I don't know how I have such a hard time um, planning those ad, those advanced moves. Which yeah. Plus, plus it's the tactile nature of of what your what your opponent's going to do because they might leave you with just uh, they might leave you with just limited options th at, at at the mid at the mid and late game. I think what I'm starting to to really like about that game as well is. Uh, is uh, recognize 
of uh, uh, an incredible move that my opponent could do to me and just sit and stare at it and just try to have poker face. Like I don't see <laughs> the fact that you can end me right now. And you're not, you can't, you can't see what I see. And just that whole very calm staring, keep it poker face mm-hmm. and go, all right, that was a nice mm-hmm. move. And in my head thinking, I can't believe you didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. Come on down to Dragon's Den's Games in Saskatoon. Let Darren, Al, and the staff help you out. They carry board games. They have an amazing selection of role-playing game systems from D&D 5th Edition to Kids on Bikes, as well as an excellent selection of your favorite miniature game systems, figures, and accessories. Check out the Facebook page and website for new releases and a list of scheduled events. Cool. Are you ready to uh, push on forward to the big time review? Sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. I think that was a good. That was a good little synopsis of a few things that we've been. I do recall occupying that, our times with that. I think the last episode I I, uh, I started us off. So I'll let you start us off. With sure. Some... I, I I would I would not know. <laughs> and you know what? I could be just making <clears throat> it up too. Just sound convincing, man. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my deep, if you want to call it a deep dive, is into a, a little game that we were ex- first exposed to at Fall, and here's another Falcon reference. Uh, we were first ex- introduced this at, at Falcon. We got a demo play in of it. It hadn't been widely uh, released yet. Um, uh, the latest Days of Wonder production, uh, Deep Blue. Um, so again, yeah, published by Days of Wonder. Designed by Asger Granurud and Daniel Peterson, uh, with art by the, it's I'll, I'll just say a large team of artists. There's quite a few that are that are listed uh, for, for for the art style of this game. Um, I'll give you guys the overview of Deep Blue if you have not heard it before. Buying this fabled map was a stroke of genius. The most ancient legendary and extravagant underwater wrecks are waiting for divers diving suits and oxygen tanks are aboard and the ship is ready to weigh anchor there's no time to lose the increased hustle and bustle of the harbor with ship captains attempting to hire the best divers and historians can mean only one thing other captains have the exact same map and the biggest treasure hunt of all time is about to begin so in deep blue here, the the main mechanisms I would I would associate with this game would be um, some some deck building. Mm-hmm. There's there's a little bit of deck building, um, definitely some hand management going on. Yeah, and the 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 game is going to be revolve around a, a big push your luck um, mechanic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're talking now because that that that's the game. And reliant um, on someone else's push your luck too. <laughs> So how do we win a game of Deep Blue? Well, you just have to have the most money. Money is victory points in this game, and you got to have the most um, at the end of it. So let's go. Let's go over a little bit on how Deep Blue plays here, because um, it's a Days of Wonder production. Usually, these family weight games. It's a family weight game. Mm-hmm. There, it's not. It's not a, a heavy rule set um, going in. What you do on your turn is you got four actions that you could possibly take on your turn. You can play cards from your hand that move you. There's a little propeller 
icons on some of the cards. And however many propeller icons, you can move one of your boats um, that many spaces, or you can split your movement between, you have two boats, you can split your movement between the boats on the map. Um, you can also play your cards to buy new cards from this, I don't know what, what they refer to it as, I'll just call it a market. Yeah. Um, and it, then what you're, all you're essentially doing here is you're buying equipment and you're buying crew members to be a part of your, your, your vessels and they cost one to three dollars. Or what you could do is you pay $4, you could wipe the market and reset it and then choose one of those things. Um, what you could do on your turn is you could rest, which means after I've played some, so many cards, um, I got to actually take an action. And I love this. I love this mechanic. We have to take an action to pull cards back into your hand. Yeah. But you can only pull, but you can only pull back three cards um, at random, which I really, I really, really like that mechanic of I play cards kind of a la Concordia. Yeah. Right. And you have to play that one card to bring all the cards back. So this one, you just have to take an action. You bring the cards back into your hand. And all three of those actions are setting you up for the big, the, 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 the mother action, the one that drives this game, which is called the diving action. Love this mechanic. So all the, yeah. So all these are getting us prepared for what the dive. Now what the dive is, it's the most complicated action because wherever I have a boat, you're going to be located on one of these tiles. And there's so many tiles on the, on the board. And all these tiles represent dive locations. There's some sort of wreckage underneath. you got to go down. You're going to go try to attempt to get the treasure. So when you initiate a dive action, what you're essentially doing is say, hey, I'm going to go find out what the treasure is here. Everybody who's adjacent to that tile has a chance to join in on the, uh, on the winnings. What they can do, they call this the rush. You can, everybody can join in on, on, on this tile and get, try, try to get part of the treasure. Someone found a honey hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the old gold rush. Yeah. Hey, there's some gold over here. Everybody comes in. And so when you initiate the, uh, the dive, you become what's called the dive leader. And what does it mean to be the dive leader? You are in charge of everybody's luck in finding this, in the, in this treasure. <laughs> This is kind of really neat because what's going to happen now as part of this dive, as the dive leader, you're going to pull these gems out of this bag. I'll just refer to it as the dive bag. And there's a whole bunch of different colored gems inside this bag. There's silver, there's gold. Um, they're worth a certain amount of victory points. They're worth some, a certain amount of money each. And there's also blue and black gems in there, which the blue ones represent your oxygen level. And the black gems represent like the sea creatures that are kind of like attacking you. The nasties. The, the, the nasties. And what you do as the dive leaders, you're just going to pull a gem out, set it down, pull a gem out, set it down. And one of three conditions is either going to occur to stop the dive. Either two blue gems have been pulled, representing you ran out of oxygen. Two black gems have been pulled out of the bag, which means you've been attacked by mon You've been overwhelmed by monsters and you have to surface. Or you just, as the dive leaders can say, you know what, we're just going to stop here. I think we're just all just going to share in these winnings. Yeah. Now there are, there are ways to protect yourself from the oxygen and, and black and the monster gems. Um, you can buy cards that will give you like say, say that second blue gem comes in. Um, I can protect myself and keep going in part of the dive because I've got this extra oxygen that I can, that I have access to. So I can either play a card and that's where some that tiles. That hand management thing comes in handy. Yeah. 
And then, and there's also some special bonus spaces. If you're the first to get to them tiles, you can claim some of these bonus spaces that would give oh, you yeah. some oxygen protection or something like that. Um, so yeah, so you can stay in the dive that way. So eventually as these gems are being pulled out of the bag, here's a little bit more about the hand management. Um, certain cards that you have in your hand are those crew members that you've recruited from the market row. And they do a lot of different things. Like one example would be like, hey, once two gold gems are pulled out of the bag, I could play this one card and I can claim $4. I can yeah. claim four points. And the best thing about doing that is, even if you are not longer part of the dive, as long as you were able to play that card, you get those points. Mm -hmm. So that, that's actually a, a really neat thing that you want to have these, these extra cards, these crew members in your hand, because you're going to get to score those points, even if the, the dive fails or you have to surface. Yeah. Those are guaranteed points. Um, if you do make it to the end of the dive, what you end up doing is you score up all the gems. The, like the dive leader has either ended the dive or you've ran a, a, something along the lines that the dive has ended and you're able to uh, survive. You can score points for the gems. Um, I think it's like one point for silver, two points for gold, four points for red gems. Um, there's some bonus gems like green and purple gems, but you can only score those if you have the appropriate crew members to score those points. Um, as the dive leader, you get a bonus too. There's always a bonus in the center of the tile. Yeah. It gives you a little bonus there. And then at the end of it all, oh my gosh. Okay. That, that, that's, <laughs> this is all one action. Jeez. <laughs> it, it sounds complicated, but once you start going, it is actually quite, it's actually very, very smooth. And then once the dive is over, that tile is discarded out of the game. The, the, yeah. the wreckage has been, has been, um, plundered. There's nothing left for anybody to get any. It goes away. So what are we going to do? How does this game ever end? It sounds like it just goes on forever and ever and ever. Well, no, because the board is only finite. And amongst some of these tiles, there are these um, four special locations. And they kind of represent the, um, the, the, four, the four pieces of this um, forgotten city, of the sunken city. And once all four of those locations have been revealed and a, and a dive has taken place at all four of these, the game is over. So once those places have been dived at, then the game is over. So this game could go by fairly quickly. Those tiles could come up fast and get plundered fast. Or, they, or all the tiles could be far on the far reaches of the board and might take some time to actually get there. I think that's everything there is about Deep Blue. Did I forget yeah. anything? No, no, no. You pretty much, uh, you pretty much nailed the whole process down. What's yeah, the? It's, uh, oh no, go ahead. You no, you're no I, I was gonna say it. Out of everything I've said here, it's still a fairly good. It's a family wait game. It's got a family wait time. It plays in about sixty minutes. It's about an hour long game, which is pretty good. Um, and, and any longer in this, this would this would be overstaying its welcome. Yeah, it, 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 in, in my in my opinion, it, it's it's the right amount of time for what what you actually end up doing um, on your on your turns. Cool. You ready to do some opinions? Absolutely. All right, starting from the outside in. This is okay. This is Games of Wonder. The box. This is your Days of Wonder. They only whether they only do like one big box game a year, and it's like, always what? gorgeous. The the production on here. 
Fantastic. It's coming in your ticket to ride size box, which is a good thing because of all my days of wonder games on my shelf <laughs> can actually <laughs> line up perfectly. Um, the art is fun. The yep. art is fun, light, cartoony. The illustrations really immerse you into this uh, whimsical world that they've created. Well, and it lends created. itself to that, that market uh, um, target that they're looking for is that family family game that's got uh, at least uh, interesting mechanisms for the for the heavier yeah. gamer. Yeah, like what they could have, they, they, this, this could have went a really dark route. They didn't go with that with the sunken ships. Yeah. These are, they're, 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 they're colorful, they're vibrant. The, the blues, the blues pop. Yeah. The production of the components on this game were top notch and way over the top. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you get these little sub, these little submarine minis, which are actually, they're, they're fairly cool. I want to use them in my games of underwater cities, actually. Oh, what I want to, awesome. what I want to use them for. Um, you get these little plastic treasure chests. That's to, right. Um, to, to hide, just to hide. So instead of getting like a little spoils. screen, yeah. instead of like getting a little screen to put your money behind, you get these little treasure chests that you can pop your, 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 your coin, your coins into really kind of neat. The gems are those nice little like, like acrylic type mm-hmm. gems that you put into the bags and everything like that. They're everything like that. Cardboard. Great. Cards are made of that nice cardstock linen finish. Yeah. Feel good. They're not going to wear out on you anytime soon. Well, and um, I mean, the product, the production, like, you know what you're going to like. It stays I a say, wonder. Yeah. When, when I, when I buy a fantasy flight game, I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. I bought a days of wonder game. I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. Production is top top notch. Cool. Gameplay. Oh, sorry, no rule book. Ah, yeah. rule book. This is a great rule book. Of course, we were taught the game by um, uh, an As- Asmo Day Days of Wonder rep. Yeah. At, at at Falcon, I did actually go over uh, and read through the rule book when I when I acquired my copy from Jeff at Amazing Stories. There's our plug. Yay. <laughs> Um, I did actually go through because I couldn't remember a couple of the little details. Not a problem in this. The simp- the rules are simple, well laid out. Examples of what a simple what a what a turn looks like. Oh, uh, the graphic design of the rule books is is really nice and smooth, and yeah, no, they do a wonderful job on it. And that this was this was no exception. It, it was a, it was a great. If you're going to learn this from the rule book, you're not going to have. If you have any questions, you're gonna you're gonna find the answers to it like right away. It it, it was it was top it's top notch, top notch. Cool game okay. system and game style. Okay, gameplay, pretty simple. Like I said, <laughs> you're, you're you're taking one of four actions, and three of those actions are very simple. Move your boats, um, resting, which is take which is getting your summit cards back into your hand, and uh, and buying some crew members. Those three actions. Fairly simple. When it comes around to your turn, you're going to do one of those things. Your turn goes by quick. The other action of the dive, that's where things could slow down a little bit in this game. Well, does that slide into the next one? Is that the uniqueness of this game? Is, the, is that whole dive system? So everything in this game, I would argue, I can find in other games and other games do them better. I, I can make an argument about that. Yeah. But the unique thing about this game is that push your luck is that if I'm joining in on a dive and somebody else is the dive leader, I'm not in charge of my luck. <laughs> it's, it, it's, somebody, it's in somebody else's end. Or 
If I'm the dive leader, I'm in charge of everybody else that's part of the dive's luck. I don't think if, if this could be used somewhere else, I don't know what it would be. That That's absolutely unique to me. Um, in a push your luck game, <laughs> and I made I, I made this mention to to the asthma day rep. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Geez, um, but I said, "Wow, do I not like that?" <laughs> I, was, I was actually very frank because I like if I'm going to have a push your luck game, <laughs> I want to be in charge of that. Oh yeah. So, but that is part of the strategy of this game is that if I do become the dive leader. Um, I want to make sure that I have lots of protection against those <laughs> hazards, the oxygen and the monsters. Yep. Because if I have lots of protection and the other people joining in don't, I've got a better chance of surviving to the end of the dive and getting those bonus points of the gems that got pulled out of the, out of the bag. Yeah, you can totally outlast them. Or I might not join in on a dive because I know it's not going to be successful. Because the the dive leader has protection against yeah. those 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 elements, and I know that I'm not going to score very much. I would yeah. much rather do a rest action, get some of my cards back in my hand, at at that point. So there's kind of like that little little give and take. That's another thing too, though. When you're the dive leader, you got to pay attention to. Did somebody just refresh their hand? <laughs> do they have all of those scoring cards available? Maybe they don't care if the dive fails because they're going to be able to play like four or five scoring cards. Yeah. Yeah. The this. synchronicity of what your hand does to in combination to that dive mechanism. That's yeah. Yeah. I Time, totally agree. Yeah. Timing in this game is crucial. It may not seem like it at the point, but at the time, but timing is crucial because if I see somebody's going to take a dive action and I don't have very many cards in my hand, that was poor planning. Mm -hmm. Because I want to join in on that dive. I want to get points, but I can't get points if I don't have cards in my hand. Well, and, and then, of course, getting yourself ready and making sure that, you know, if a, if a card in the market turns up that works so dynamically well with your hand, you got to go get it. I mean, there's, oh, there's just so many cool things in this game as far as, as, far as like you said, a very uh, family-friendly game. Yeah. Yeah, because you also gotta you gotta weigh the options too. Like when that dive happens, um, you have a chance to join in. You have a chance to rush. Yeah, if you're, if you're pretty much giving you a free movement. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. and 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 when and when do you take that rest action? <laughs> when do you just get? It's only three cards. Like at the end of the game, you're gonna have quite a few cards for your hand. Like um, some of the games that we've played, we've played this a few times, and some of the games I ended up with. Like you start with four cards and I ended up having like 15, 16 cards. Holy crows. In, in, in my hand at the end of the game. Like, and you're only refreshing three of them at a time. It does happen sometimes where everybody's just completely spent. And there's like, everybody like rest. Looking at each other. Rest. What, what's, rest. Your, what's your action? Rest, rest, rest. Everybody rings we, we, the bell. Bing, bing, every, bing, bing, every, bing. So like eight rests go around. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we're good to go again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. does it all connect? You know what? Do I feel like I'm diving at a sunken vessel location? Kinda. I, the, 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 the rush in this game is that when the gems start getting pulled out of the bag, like you, you, want, you want to see what's coming up next. You, you definitely want to see what's going. Now, the probability people are going to be keeping track of 
how many gems have been put in the bag, uh, what gems have been pulled out of the bag. Oh man, the, the, the worst thing that could happen to you in this game is the first two gems you pull is one blue and one black. Yeah, if there's a way to roll a one, I'll find it. <laughs> like that, that happened to me a few times is just deflating because you know that the next gem that you're gonna, the very next gem you pull could be the one that ends the dive. Yep. Like it's just, but in the, <laughs> but in the end, it's it's a free. Now my only my criticism, other than that, I'm not in charge of my luck. I can get past that. I'll get past that eventually. <laughs> well, you can but, fill that in in the conclusions because I I know yeah. that it just it just this one this one has skin. this one can produce a lot of downtime for some people. The people that are not participating in a dive, there's nothing for them to do while that dive takes place. Yeah, there's nothing exciting. They, they, they completely check out. They can go get a snack. They can go get a drink or something like that. Well, the dive action could take about a couple minutes. Well, this at, is at, at least. This is sounding like some conclusions because you're oh, sorry. You're, yeah, <laughs> you're putting you're putting down some uh, determinants here. So yeah, make conclude away, Ryan. So I agree. The downtime would probably would probably be a little. You know. Yeah, because there's, there's been a few times where I where I was not part of a dive action. And the other three people at the table were. And there's and nothing I was like, exciting about and, that. And I, and I sit there and I'm like, mm, okay, this is fun. Everybody's getting... But then there was one time too where I was the only one in the dive. And the other three people at the table were not... They just watched me take my turn. My turn took like three, four minutes because I'm just diving. And then I sit there and I'm contemplating if I want to pull another gem out of the bag or not. And <laughs> So that would be my only thing is that if you are not participating in a dive, the downtime waiting for the people to uh, make those decisions. And it, that could be bothersome. Okay. It also could be bothersome for people that if you don't like to be in, if you want to be in charge of your luck and that and if it doesn't happen, because it could happen in the game where you have no control over any of the dives that could happen. Oh, that would bug me. That would bug me a lot. But then that's oh. part of the, that's, I think that's the, the gem of this game is that there's a, there's a few times where you're going to have to just trust somebody else. Yeah. And then it's going to be up to that person. Are they going to be the Richards of the world? <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or is, are you going to embrace the family embargo and say that, you know what, we're, we're all going to be care bears and sharing is caring type, type mentality. It'll be all depend on your group. I, I would right. say when you, when you, when you play this game. All right. Any, uh, any other concluding remarks? Other than, you know what, as a, as a push your luck game, I think that I like the quacks of Quedlinderberg better. Okay. As a, pu I, as a push your luck, but that's a, that's a, again, that's a me thing because I want to be in control of my push, my luck <laughs> um, 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 element then for for me at the end of the day that's going to be my overall deciding factor is it a fun game yeah it's a fun game yeah but don't get don't get me wrong this we still you and i played a two-player game of this at falcon yeah and we had a blast yeah i was i was pleasantly entertained absolutely and in a two-player game yeah quite often you'll be off by yourself making a dive and i just kind of sit there and watch you pull the gems and it's actually kind of entertaining sometimes just watching a person just pull the gems into the bay and they're like do i pull one more yeah no yeah okay i'm gonna do it oh dang it 
So that happens. So yeah, here's happens. the here's the question: What shelf is this sitting on? So for me, well, this is sitting on the Days of Wonder shelf right now. <laughs> <laughs> it has its own suburb. Exactly. But where would it where would it fall off if I were just to mix them up and everything? This is a middle to bottom shelf type game. Um, again, it doesn't really do a lot of different things for me. Um, a lot of games will do some things better. Um, but what I actually have it sitting on actually physically right now is actually on our games club shelf in mm-hmm. my classroom. This would be a, this is a great games club game. It plays within the right amount of time that we want it. Yeah. The rules are light enough that the kids could pick this up very quickly. Um, and so it for that everybody, and everybody can get involved. So for that, this would be a, a top shelf game for a games club. Yeah. I would argue yeah. for my, for my personal game shelf, this would be um, trending towards the bottom of the shelf. And I'm just going to guess a little bit here is that it stays on the shelf because the gaming community that you surround yourself with likes to play that game as well and is uh, willing to play that game. Right. Like when we have, this is a good couple, this is actually a good couples game mm-hmm. if, if you get into it because the rules are like, um, I always hear like the, the, the term of the, the beer and pretzels. Yeah, yeah. Type type of game. Like this is a game that you get like you don't have to sit there and analyze your ends. You can have conversations, you can um be with other people, you can go for snacks and drinks and it's and still enjoy enjoy it. Like like this this is a good conversation piece game. Like yeah, a it, typical days of wonder. I was gonna say, like ticket to ride, yeah, days of wonder. Okay. Oh you know, yeah, a, a, a days of wonder. All right. That's awesome. I and yeah. you know like you had mentioned, I've played this with you, and I've only played the two-player, and you've played uh, multiple counts. So, yeah, I've only played this two-player, and I've played it five. I haven't played it at three-player, just two and f- uh, four-player. The four-player game is much, much. Yeah, you, ha- you have to play this at a full player count if you want to yeah. get the full. If you want to get the full experience out of this game, I kind of got that sense when we played two-player. How what and it, the whole time I was just kind of abstracting. What would this be like with a full count and? Yeah. yeah, there's there's more people rushing into the dives. Um, there's more people taking part in the dives. There's more things that you have to keep keep in mind when it's uh, um, the hand management. Have play, people played cards that are they going to get stuff out of the dive? Are they not going to get anything out of the dive? Cool. Yeah. No, it's 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 a it's a very solid um, Days of Wonder entry into their into into their lineup. Again, um, it's kind of like last year's The River. It's a very very light game, like um, this. This is light. This is lighter than Ticket to Ride, in 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 in, in my in my opinions. All right, so, that was yeah. Check check it out if you uh, if you enjoy Days of Wonder type titles and family weight titles. Cool. Well, on to let's move on from the deep blue sea to some tiny towns. Like that Ooh. segue. Beep, 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 yeah, beep, All right, beep, so beep. Tiny Towns, designed by Peter McPherson. Um, the art uh, was Gong Studios and Matt Paquette, published by AEG Games. And this, was, uh, this came out in 2019. So this is, this is uh, odd again. This is me doing a newer game. Oh, I, I don't think I mentioned that Days of uh, the Deep Blue was a 2019. <laughs> 
Um, this year too. But so yeah, yeah this uh, this this is uh, in my library because it hits that first checkbox with his, which is solo play. Uh, plays one to six players, um, uh, forty-five to sixty minutes, which is that nice sweet spot sweet spot for us in our games club at school. Mm. Um, but uh, so let's get the uh, the overview nuts and bolts, and uh, it's not going to be very deep and elaborate because that's not what this game is. So. <laughs> You are the mayor of a tiny town in the forest in which the smaller creatures of the woods have created a civilization hidden away from predators. This new land is small and the resources are scarce. So you take what you can get and never say no to building materials. Cleverly plan and construct a thriving town and don't let it fill up with wasted resources. Whoever builds the most prosperous tiny town wins. In tiny towns, your town is represented by a four by four grid on which you will place resource cubes in specific layouts to construct buildings. Each building scores victory points in a unique way. When no player can place any more resource, uh, resources or constructed, uh, construct any buildings, the game ends and any squares without a building are worth minus one VP. The player with the most VP wins. That's pretty much the overview of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, the mechanisms are so straightforward on your turn. So everyone, like it says, you got this grid. You're making polynomial, poly, polynominals, polyominoes, parliamentary decisions, minos. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so you're making these odd, weird shapes. Hey, that works for me. Um, on the board, how you do this on your turn, you have, and I mean, it's again, it's so straightforward. You have wood wheat, brick, and glass. You have four colors to choose from if you want to go with the color scheme. But you have four resources. You have a, um, a, a marketplace of buildings that you can build uh, in the game that you randomly pick because there's you know so many red church-type buildings or there's so many of these different type of buildings that you can get a nice variety of in different places. But... Um, once you de- determine what buildings are in this uh, build for your game, you on your board, on your turn, pick one of these resources and everybody playing has to grab that resource and put it on their board. Um, that, is, that is the crux of this whole game. And the crux of this game is to try to try to most efficiently use these resources that coming back to this deep blue that I'm not in control sometimes of, of, you know, what gets picked. It's like enough with the wheat. I don't need any more wheat. I have the whole <laughs> thing. And if you can't properly place it and think, you know, two, three, four steps ahead of, I don't need it now, but I could use it, you know, three picks from now. Um, if you can't elaborately meta plan some of that stuff, you're going to hate this game <laughs> mm-hmm. like with a vengeance because as, and on, and, and even on someone else's turn when they say, Oh, I'm going to take glass and I pick a glass cube um, and put it into my board. If I could build something on, on not my turn, I could still build it, which is, I think what I, what, what I really appreciate a lot, a lot about this game is that when it's not my turn, it's still my turn. Right. right, you're you're you're, consi- you're consistently being active. Yeah. Um, uh, cognitive wise during 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 everybody's turn. Oh yeah, there's no not paying attention in this game. That's for sure. Um, uh, so that's pretty much the mechanism: is pick a resource, 
put it down in a pattern, try to build that pattern and build, build that building. Now, what's really cool is maybe a building will take you five spaces uh, on, on, your, on your township. But once you build that building, all those resource spaces reduce into one spot where you will put that building down, that, that building site. So it's not like your, your, your um, tiny town footprint disappears. You just have to build these, trigger these builds at a certain time so that when the resources disappear, you're, you're allowing more space for these oddly shaped um, constructs to develop as you're um, finishing some builds, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no. yeah. How do you score points and how do you win this game? Just to, to be the most efficient um, builder in the tiny towns. Um, the synergistic connection to the buildings that are in display for that game pretty much will direct you on, on what um, engine that you, this, what point engine you're going to try and get at. Is, is it going to be a, a agriculture connection? Is it going to be a tavern connection? Is it going to be a, um, uh, administrative building connection? There's all these unique different ways to score points that you have to, I guess, identify and understand, um, when the buildings get placed out into the market for the, for all the players to see. Um, that, that's the kind of thing that I like about this game is the replayability factor because yeah. each type of building there's there's a little stack of cards and that's you nailed it on the spot is going to be the the combination of the cards that came out at the beginning of the game is going to dictate um yeah do I do I go tavern heavy do I go landmark heavy do I do like what are what are the synergies like because they're not obvious right off the get-go unless you sit there and, and you and you read through them yeah read and, them and all, also but. and connected to the fact that you know not all the time do you get to pick the resource that you need that's that's also the thing because lots <laughs> of them think could be requiring some of them maybe the one setup says that all these buildings need glass <laughs> or numerous glass and people are afraid to call out glass because yeah. that's going to trigger some people's building abilities. Yeah. So the, uh, I, I, I'm trying to restrain cause I already want to have some opinions, but I, I got to respect the format. Um, so talking about opinions outside in the box art, the box, it's your ticket to ride size box. I would say, um, I mean, not without putting a measuring tape on it, but it's your, it's uh, to me, to me, when I opened up the box and saw inside, I went, uh, the box is a lot bigger than it needs to be, but that's what I was going to say. This is, this is, a, <laughs> this is the classic, this is the classic splendor example of the box is way too big for the components that are yeah. inside. I'm not going to um, complain though, but the, they're the only component that needs that size is like, just, it's just the player boards, Yeah, which yeah. they could have made as folding boards if they really wanted to, but. So the box size, eh, um, the, for me, I'm a big fan of, uh, of uh, the box art because it just reminds me of, uh, of my days of collecting, collecting LP vinyl. And it was always the album cover art was, was, you know, that was your first impact into what you're going to experience. And Tiny Towns art, cartoony, comic-y, pleasant, very much the same adjectives we use for Deep Blue that it's, that it's, that's, yeah, it's, it's appealing, it's whimsical, it's got nice, bold, cartoony colors. 
Um, yeah, no, I appreciated that right out of the get go. Uh, components, nice chunky wood bits. Love it. Mm, yeah. See, yeah. Um, <laughs> period. Yeah. <laughs> chunky big, wood. Yeah. Big chunky wood bits like Lego meets wood. Um, <laughs> I'm just, rest- are we, are we both just restraining trying, trying to not make wood jokes? <laughs> well now the, i am the, the, the tension in the room is <laughs> is rigid um uh, <laughs> all right so the rule book the rule book's awesome the rule book i mean i i was able to explain the gist of of this game engine um in in like a minute and a bit um and the rule book is very linear very straightforward very fluid very easy to uh, um, uh, access and answer the questions that uh, that I had at least. Um, yeah, no, and most and most of the rule book is um, just the clarification of like the uh, how the buildings yeah um, score it or or what their abilities what their abilities do because there are there are quite a few cards yeah that for for these buildings and so that that's that was really good that was very helpful that little handy reference. To me, it demonstrated that they paid attention to all the playtesting and all the questions that required immediate answers to. When this building is played and this rule is set, you know, those smaller details that have obviously been asked of the designer over and over and thought that's going to be part of the rule book is here's a little appendices kind of or a side note or a caveat, as they would say. Um, Game system and game style. I, I I had mentioned it before. I love the fact that I get to participate when it's not my turn. Even if I'm frustrated at the choices that are being made by the other players who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my son would, const- would, would be the one constantly telling us, you get what you get and don't get upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to have to, that's going to be a t-shirt for me, man. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, there, and of course, you can absolutely play towards that and look at somebody's board and go, you know, if you had more, one more wheat, it would wreck your whole town. So I'm going to pick wheat, right? You could, you could hate pick. <laughs> Easy. Um, but at the, what cost? Is it going to ruin up your board? Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's like okay, I've got to find that delicate balance. And that's what's so cool about this game. I'm going to fly into the unique mechanisms is um, small, tight board, not much space to build. You have to be very selective and very intuitive as to, you know, how many things that you plan on building and, and what, what's going to build first to allow room for the next build to go, to allow room for the next build to go. I'm a big fan of here's my footprint grid, four by four or five by five or whatever game you want to call like, like King, even King Domino. I, th- the perfection is having that perfect square and everything occupied. That's to me, tiny towns is how efficient can I be? Right. Even if I, if I feel I did a really good game on, on making a lot of efficient decisions, but I didn't win, I'm still happy with my, with my mm. participation in the game. But yeah, you know, it's a, it's like a very good, it's a very good puzzle as in I have to make, I have to make do with what's given to me. Yeah. I got to find the most efficient way to, uh, to, to, to build it, to put it all down. As weird as that sounds, the unique mechanism is that idea that uh, when it's not my turn, 
I don't, I don't have a choice. I've got to use glass because it got called or I got to use wheat because it got called or, and sometimes that's the last thing on in my agenda. It's like, no, I got to stick it in a corner somewhere and it'll end up costing me a victory point in, you know, possible future. So yeah, that to yeah. me, that was, I haven't seen that in too many other games. Yeah. I, re I really wish there was something just, just a little something like a one time per game little bonus that if you didn't like the resource that was called, I could cash in this little chip and I could actually take what I want. I, I just but wish some there, of the buildings, it, like some of the factories will do that too. Yes. Some, yeah. some building abilities do that, but if they, if those ones aren't in the game. Well, you know, that yeah. sounds, sounds like new buildings and new cards need to come out. New expansion well, stuff. I, well, I, I, th I think there is an expansion. I just was on BGG here. It looks like an expansion called fortune is in, in, in the in the works um probably almost almost ready to go oh that's not good and good at the same time um <laughs> does this all connect it's an abstract game and that's hurt yeah yeah so i mean it's an abstract game tell me one abstract game where the theme is actually significant right so <laughs> um, <laughs> try again <laughs> exactly so what it what it attempts to do makes sense to me what it attempts to do is have all these abstract shapes have a significant thematic connection with the other ones. Absolutely. Could it be, could it be any other industry? It could be, you know, furniture making it could, you know, it could be anything um, derived from what the system, uh, um, this abstract system has in regards to the cards being the certain shapes with the certain colors. Right. Um, I really kind of like too how they made they considering the the fact that it's a heavy abstract game, but they did make thematic um, uh, attempts with uh, you know if you're building a hut, well you're going to need a little bit of glass, you're going to need a little bit of this, and you're going to need a little bit of of these resources, and and when the church comes, it's going to need more glass than than you know wood or st stone. So I appreciated how they manage the specific build uh, resource types connected to right. the thematic title of that card. Um, I thought that was, uh, that was a, a nice creative bridge right. between, and, and, between and, and these the, two. And I think they did an okay job too in trying to, the way that the, the ability of the card or the, the way the card scores its points yeah. kind of makes, like, like um, I just have one here that looked up um, the market, you get more points for the more markets you have in the same row or column makes sense. Cause the market should be a, a, a continuous, a continuous entity yeah. on, on that, on that player, on that player board. So you should get bonus points here if they are, if they're connected in a row or a column. Yeah. The, the, it, there was a lot of effort made to, um, have that theme tie in sensibly. Right. Yeah. So. Now, kudos to them. So my conclusion, obviously, um, the, the game's main point, it's an abstract game, and it does abstract very well. Um, it doesn't try to repeat what other, you know, games have done successfully in regards to, like, ch you know, chess movement type games or, um, you know, right. of that, or, or, you know, jumping other components of that game. I like, I like building stuff. 
<laughs> to me, I was always being a big fan of like sieve builders or, or anything where I get to build something just based on the decisions I make. Um, and in this game, the decisions I make are, are ironically the same decisions that everybody else has on their plate at that same point. Right. 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 So yeah, it, it's kind of, it's almost kind of like an, it's almost kind of like a programming game too, where I'm, I'm putting the bits down in, in, in hopes to, I, I hope in hopes that I've laid them out correctly, that I can execute, um, um, said, said, uh, said design. Like, and, and I like, and I like the way that some of the buildings could interact where it's like, Hey, I started planning out building this, but if I did a correct, some of these other resources came out. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can, I can pivot. I can switch. I can and now, turn that... The, the, now this block of cubes that are on my player board can turn into something that I wasn't planning on building in the first place. And it could yeah. work out that way. Yeah. It's, a, it's uh, like all abstract games. It's got a lot of pivoting decisions that you can make. Yeah. Yes. This one, this one is like almost the epitome of like a tactile type well, game because because you have to make a decision of what that other person, what that person sitting down is going is calling out. Oh yeah, and there's no there's no slowing it down. It's like moving along. It's like put right. the cube down. We're on to the next. Just move it along. Let's go. Um, I like the fact that it is. Uh, appealing to such a wide range of uh, of age, right? Like right. my daughter picked it up right away, and 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 then started. Uh, I started watching her develop, um, you know, strategy, which was great because I mean, you know, what preteen brain knows strategy to to any degree <laughs> except for I'm hungry, food in stomach. <laughs> there was a little resentment there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, for me, let's get right to the most important thing that I'm thinking about is where does this sit on my shelf? It's sitting mid shelf, but, but it's looking upwards. And for that simple fact that I mentioned with cool. you, with, with the, with the, the, the deep blue is, um, that I get to play this with a lot of people. There's so mm -hmm. many, this isn't a hard game and, and it's not. And not that it being not a hard game doesn't make it an interesting game. It's a it's it's an easy game to learn, and it's such a hard game to um, I, I don't want to say master, but it's a hard game to um, control because you don't get to right. pick all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's those it's those it's those out of control decisions that you you have to you have to manage that appeals to me so much and is just as frustrating for other people that becomes appealing in its own sense i guess cool yeah i got a little story about this one too because i had picked this one up because jen and i we we play our lots of our games mainly two player and we have she enjoys abstract type games i picked <laughs> I this one up this. <laughs> I, I i picked this one up and thought hey this is this is going to be a great hit and Jen hated it. <laughs> this, 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 this one did not pass the, the, the Jen spouse test. And for some odd reason, she's like, I can see what it's doing. I, I, I can appreciate what, it, what, what, it, what it's trying to do. I don't like it. I don't like being, she, she had that criticism. I liked being in control of my actions. And half the time, exactly in the two-player game, ha exactly half the time, 
it it's it's not it's not up to you. You're told what to use, yeah. And she couldn't get wrap her head around the interactions of the buildings, and and that and the fact that they were always di- every game was always going to be different. Um, I I liked the game personally, yeah. But for us, we traded we ended up trading it away. Um, well, I- we we because we just and in the end, I was like, hey, you want to play Tiny Towns again? She's like, you know what? No. <laughs> like straight up I was like I'd rather play Sagrada or I'd play Santorini or uh, play Azul she'd rather play any other game she's like I you know what no I like those other games way better than this one so that it for some odd reason it didn't pass that test I can see I, I can appreciate this game I actually actually really enjoyed um, Tiny Towns but knowing the fact that it was never going to get played in, in, in our household yeah um, that's what that's what made it go on the on the trade pile, but um, that that's unfortunate because I really like I really like this game. Well, I have it on my shelf, and I'd be happy to. Uh, that that that's good. Hear. It's in it's in the game. We always make this. It's in the gaming group. It's in the group. So yeah, yeah. And there I we know go. I'll, I'll play, and I know I'll play it with you guys because Jen won't play this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have a you should have a a, a top ten list of Jen. Don't play. Top ten list. I'm trying to convince her to come on the podcast to give her top ten. Ooh, it's, it, it it it's it's unique, and I think getting that that perspective of the um, um, the gamer's wife who's a reluctant gamer, <laughs> who actually has a top ten the of uh, games. I think I think thinking about that with my wife Melanie is she'll have a top ten list, but it'll be of the top ten books that I've read while Norm plays solo games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay so so uh that uh, we this is a good segue to uh to tie this one off because uh we don't want to run too long and we don't want to run too short well we're, we're just we're, we're working out the key it's been a while yeah. yeah just enough just enough time to apologize about 15 times yeah i i i almost forgot what a computer was <laughs> i know, <laughs> I, know. I, had to, I had to find my microphone and then my computer gave me a scare thinking that it wasn't recognizing my microphone. I'm like, what? <laughs> Please no. That's, that's what happens when we ignore our, our, our hobby too long. Yeah. Well, no. this was Hopefully. fun. Yeah, we're going to be back at this at a regular basis. Yeah, this was fun. We, now that we got schedules figured out and we got, uh, we got the groove back in line. So, a long-time listener, Ian, he's chomping at the bit to get back in here. The, uh, that, he, he'll be our topics guy. I like yeah, that. when when That's a good idea. A topic. He's he, he's got some reviews that I I know that he's been, they he's eager. He wants to get he wants to put out there. So, um, look look forward to longtime listener Ian, the redheaded Jedi himself. Longtime listener, first time caller. Well, we're not a calling show. I know. <laughs> All right. Should we, should we be a call-in show? No, 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 should no. Should we go? Should we go Facebook Live? No, no, no. That would be that would be. <laughs> We would, we, we, I'd have to beep out way too many things. <laughs> yeah. Well, that being yeah. said, um, uh, it was a pleasure to have you. Uh, if you got this far, it was a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I'm your host, our, our, Norm. Our, and I'm Ryan. <laughs> and we, tune in next time for The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> tune in next time for The Mandalorian Review Part 2. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you.
We are Bridge City Board Gamers, and you can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. Our Facebook page is Saskatoon Tabletop Games Community, and on Board Game Geek Guild number three zero three nine.